how are you? Yeah, I can see. Um, I've, I've been watching the season five of BoJack Horseman, so uh, I'm a little emotional. <laughs> I've, I've been hearing so much about it, oh. uh, but I've actually never watched BoJack Horseman. Unreal. So, so. fucking good. <sighs> I've heard that. <laughs> but, I don't know. Anyway. I don't have time. I, I watch Billions, and once I finish that... Fine. I'll find something else that's one to three seasons. It's five seasons. I know. I can't. Get I can't make. It. I can't make that commitment. If you really want to be sad, you can make that commitment. That's the other thing I've heard is it's a comedy, but it's sad. So. So sad. I don't know. Okay. Only if you want to be sad, watch it. That's, uh, that's my selling point for BoJack Horseman. I'm like always a little sad. That's why I watch this this fucking show to feel to to bring it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like uh, I don't even know. I was gonna say it's like in a video game where like the person like has like a red shirt on, and then like they eat a mushroom. Yeah, it's exact same <laughs> same concept. Um, Except the red shirt is sadness. Exactly. And the mushroom is is a dark comedy about a horse. <laughs> um. So we're talking Metallica today. We sure are. Some kind of monster. Yeah. Um. I apologize in advance. Hi. I didn't realize it was a two-hour-long documentary. Oh, two-and-a-half-hour-long documentary. It was a surprise. I I was surprised it was that long, but like I got through it pretty fast. Like I was I was invested at least somewhat. And that's good. That's good. Um, because I've never gone into anything more blind in my life. Okay. Like <laughs> and, and I had no. I I know. So little about any of this. Okay. The, the band, the genre, the history, um, the drama, like, all of it. Yeah, there was so much. And they touched on kind of everything a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made a really bad album out of it. That's what, that was going to be my question, because um, you're someone who's familiar and listens to a lot of uh, metal. Yeah, I don't. I can't, like, it's not that I, like, dislike Metallica, like, I, it's just, I just, like, don't, I can't determine, like, what I think is good and isn't, it's just not, like, my, my thing. Right. I get that. Uh, um. So I was wondering, how is that album? Um, it's, <laughs> that uh. That it's up to It's so not much. good, and I'd huh. say, of Metallica albums, it's either this one or their album Lulu, which was a collaboration with Lou Reed, uh, are the ones that Metallica fans hate the most. Do, do you agree with that? Um, I kind of like Lulu a little bit, but yeah, no, yeah, uh, I haven't listened to the most recent Metallica album that came out, I think, two years ago in mm-hmm. full, but my... Un- the way kind of Metallica functions 
they're incredibly iconic um, from, I think, I'd say their first five albums, I think, Ride the Lightning, Kill 'Em All, Master, and Justice for All, Black Album. Yeah, the first five albums are almost undeniably all great. Okay. Um, except when you get to that fifth album, they made a turn and became uh, more poppy. Would you consider St. Anger poppy? From what I've listened to, not not necessarily. Maybe okay. a little bit. The, the song St. Anger a little bit. There's more clean vocals. But I guess part of it is, too, is even though they're a metal band, they, uh, you know, they've always been conscious songwriters. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, they wrote aggressive and loud and heavy music, but it was all, it always had a sensibility to it and, like, a sense of melody and all that stuff that people like in music, um, but then when the Black Album came, they, the songs were a lot catchier, and then okay. from there they were more, they were still a metal band, but they were kind of, like, more like a rock band that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And now they've kind of gone back into being more of a metal band. Okay. Um, but yeah, St. Anger uh, was a real low point for the band, which they were documenting, but like... That's, it, this is like, just the fact that this documentary exists is like very fascinating, I think, in yeah. general. Like, why did they want to do this? Like, I guess I get why, but it seems like, it seems like a bad idea on paper. I can understand why they would want to do it. I don't understand why they would actually release it. Yeah, it, it's, I don't know, just the concept of, like, a very well-known metal band releasing a two and a half hour long documentary about the making of an album that doesn't do well and it includes footage of their like group therapy sessions is like bizarre well I, <laughs> I, I do think that the movie was released with the album it was so oh, okay so it wasn't released so like, it wasn't like after. two years later oh by the way we have this documentary Okay, I sort of, I, w- I wasn't sure what the timeline was, but that, I guess that makes more sense. It might have been, it was definitely not, like, the exact same time, but it was around the same time, because... It wasn't used as a promotion for the album, or was it? I, I don't know, because I was very young when this all happened, uh, so I was, like, barely aware of Metallica at all this time, but I think because at the very end it just kind of says like Metallica released Saint Anger on whatever day it sold 30 million copies or something. Um, okay. So like I don't I don't know how long it was after it came out, but it seems like they stopped making it around the they stopped around the time the album 
was done and was came out or something. Okay. And then I'm going to guess that it came out, like, maybe, like, a month or two after. Okay. So. Actually, what am I doing? I have a computer. Look <laughs> this shit up. <laughs> okay, so the documentary. I forgot we could look this up at a moment's notice. <laughs> the documentary came out July 30th, 2004. And Saint Anger came out on. June 5th. Oh, so it was like a year after. Which, wait, which one came first? The album came a year first. Okay. Um, but even, I still kind of get it. I guess I, because I, I think whatever they were trying to do, I think they, they expressed, like, like I, I, I respect this documentary more than I get it. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure exactly what their goal was, but I think they got it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it really... Well, so what I kind of came away from this feeling a lot um, is that James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich uh, are not good dudes. <laughs> they They don't really seem... Like, it, like, this documentary wasn't made to make them look good. Yeah. And and I understand that. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm also like, Metallica, don't you own this documentary? Yeah, that's why, <laughs> why, that's why the decision this... to release this, like, impresses me and confuses me. Because, like, why would they want this out in the world? But also, like, I'm glad you're being real. Yeah. And I mean... <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and I mean, I guess at the end, they do kind of frame it to the point where they're like, oh, you know, look at us, we're, we're back in action. Yeah. So, yeah, it ends on a high note, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, they start a tour, they go on tour, James Hetfield's sober. Um, they got the new bassist who looks, like, really happy when they tell him, Yeah. nice, well, nice you know, little moment. So, what I didn't realize, and I was really scared after we picked it, and I looked it up on Netflix. There's a sequel to this. There is. I saw that. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. So, I I watched a little bit of it today. Okay. And it's insane. Is it? So when was... How long after did Ten they... years. So... Not that long ago. Yeah, so four years ago, it okay. came out. And um, I think the part that I thought was the weirdest was uh, they they talked about how having the camera crew, how having the filmmakers there affected their process, which I'm sure that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also strange to see like clips of uh, Rob Trujillo... Uh, like, right when he first joined in that documentary, where he was kind of quiet, and, like, I guess he had played bass for Ozzy, but wasn't, you know, you're playing bass for Ozzy, no one really cares. Um, it's it's all Ozzy and uh, whoever's playing lead guitar at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had played bass in Suicidal Tendencies. So, like, he seemed like he was someone that, like, wasn't totally 
you know, he was, even though he was a fan and definitely wanted the success that Metallica had, he wasn't someone that was accustomed to it, but watching him now, you could see, like, oh, yeah, I'm a celebrity. I'm, like, a metal superstar. Is that, is that what the sequel is? Just, like, reflecting on that? Like, the, the, the making of that documentary it's and being like, be, where have we been or where have we been in the past 10 years? Uh, it's supposed to be, it's in actuality, I think it was really just a promotional to, tool for, uh, the next movie that they did. They uh, did another one? Yeah. Which wasn't on the list. Uh, it's called Metallica through the never and it's a 3d concert movie but it has, uh, like, a fictional plot to it, also. That sounds fascinating. It's, who's the actor? I think it's Dane DeHaan. Oh, why? Why is Dane DeHaan in this he, movie? He's, like, the star, and uh, I wish I knew the plot. It's, I never watched it because I'm like, this sounds stupid. So uh, it's a, wait... But it is a 3D concert movie the way, like, in that they do actually have the concert going on, or is that part of the plot? Yes. It's, like, an actual concert that they filmed, but... But it's, like, interspersed with a plot? Yeah. I mean, I I would watch it. So, here's what it says. Uh, I'm curious. It follows young roadie trips, played by Dane DeHaan, surreal misadventures intercut with concert footage shot in Vancouver and Edmonton in August 2012. The movie features no dialogue, bar that of Tripp's supervisor and the band, a concept similar to Pink Floyd's The Wall. We've obviously been influenced by some of the great music films of the past. The song remains the same, or what Pink Floyd did with The Wall, said Metallica bassist Rob Trujillo. Uh, this, but this is pretty unique. It's like a cross between Mad Max and the Twilight Zone. I, so far, I don't see the connection between this and the wall. <laughs> like, I don't either. It, except that it's a, it's a music movie. But I'm very curious, because I, I like the wall, kind of. I, I find it interesting. Yeah, I... I know I've seen clips of it, and I mean, it it definitely seems a little bit like the song remains the same, if you're familiar with that. That I haven't seen, but I know of it. Uh, do you know about the weird sequences? No. So, um, so it's a concert movie, but like, I guess when they went to film the concert, uh, some of the crew, like, lost the footage or, like, didn't have their cameras on or something. So they had to reshoot a bunch of it on, like, a soundstage, like, of the band playing because there was only mm-hmm. so much that they had. And then they, uh, to make up for the fact that they were, like, lip-syncing it on the soundstage, they also uh, made these, like, bizarre fantasy sequences for each band member so like during like long instrumental breaks like it just like cuts to like robert plant riding a horse and like saving a pretty girl or 
Jimmy Page climbing a mountain and seeing, like, uh, an old hermit who's, like, uh, who he eventually realizes is him, but it's him at every age, and, yeah, it's weird. I, 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 yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. (laughs) Sounds good. It's, like, it's a movie, I always wanted to get stoned and watch it, because I never did, but Mm -hmm. it's still, it's on my list of things I need to do. Um, so. I, I am interested in this. So yeah, far, but so. yeah, it, it exists. It's worth it. This one's only 90 minutes. Uh, there you go. And I mean, from the clips I saw, the Metallica show looks cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and Dane Dehan. And McKen- who's Mackenzie Gray? Shit. I don't know. I know that name. I don't know. Mackenzie Gray's in it, too, apparently. I have no idea who that is. But. I know who Dane DeHaan is, though. I, I was wondering, like, who is... Because I, before you explained what it was, I thought Dane DeHaan was playing, like, one of the band members. Oh, no, no, no. He's like, like, why? Okay. Like, of all people. To <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he could be Lars Ulrich, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, like, like 20 years ago. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's weird. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we've got to add that to the list. I, I thought about it, but I'm like, I don't know if I should put concert films in. Just because, like, I don't know. I oh, I mean, I guess concert films are hard to talk about. Yeah. Unless there's, like, more to it. Which I guess there is more I to guess it there is. Ones, but but yeah. if it's just a straight-up concert film, then it's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's not hard really to any do. point. But, <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean... Through the Never is definitely a more interesting concept than, than this one. Than this than, one. Than becoming a monster. Yeah. But Some it, kind of monster. Sorry. It's all. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah. Uh, what, I, uh, what I want to ask you is, since you went in completely blind, did you feel like it was engaging? Surprisingly, yeah. Um, I mean, like, I went into it thinking I would be very confused, and I was for part of it, because I didn't know, I didn't know, like, any of the, I didn't know about, um, the, like, when they broke up and why and, like, left what and, like, I don't know. Who quit, who's Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I... And, like, I never really, you know, I don't feel like I know everything about them now, yeah, but it was, like, kind of an engaging, like, like snapshot. sad little snapshot of these guys who are, like, very real with each other. Yeah. Um, and are, like, I they said some things that I, I like, like and respect about them. It was, like, it wasn't a music documentary where it's just them, like, like having fits, which I've seen, I've seen documentaries where like it's just like the star is upset and uh fighting and no one can like yeah there's fighting but like it's it's very like eloquent fighting (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were they they were not happy with each other oh and it seems like it wasn't just like them but i appreciated that it wasn't just them like 
spitting at each other for two and a half hours. Like, yeah. it was a lot of, like, this is why you made me mad. It was, like, a lot of therapy talk, which is kind of funny, but, like, I felt like But it's great. also, like, sad. <laughs> it is yeah. sad, yeah. yeah. Um, like, there wasn't, like, a, pl- a narrative that I was, like, invested in, yeah. but I... I get it. Like, I... I, that, I wasn't bored. I wasn't completely yeah. confused and that's all a, over the place. That's another thing, too, where I feel like... I feel like everything just sort of comes in sections, sort of. Mm-hmm. Where, like... There isn't, like... I guess the one narrative running throughout it is, are they gonna finish the album? Yeah, and if... Honestly, like... If they didn't include that, the movie wouldn't have been that different. Yeah. Like, like it's because it doesn't seem like a cohesive movie. It seems like uh, the first three episodes of a documentary series. Yeah, it's like <laughs> or, or James like is angry today. Yeah, James is angry today. Lars is angry tomorrow. Yeah. Kirk's frustrated. It's kind of a stream of consciousness. Like, there's no. The, the thread that keeps it going is the album, but, like, yeah. who cares? Like, we're yeah. sort of just here for, it's for the ride, TV. right? Yeah, it's reality TV. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was a little weird. It, it's weird to watch, too, especially because, like... It is a little bit of, like, a metal joke where it's, like, no one hates Metallica more than their fans. But, like, you'll watch this and be like, no one hates Metallica more than themselves. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of, like, self-hatred with yeah. this Yeah, and I mean, sometimes I thought that was good and cool. I I liked when they brought in Dave Mustaine for the therapy session. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like that was kind of a f- weirdly shoehorned-in plot moment. Um, because it didn't totally make sense, like, why they even needed to bring in Dave Mustaine. And it Uh, seems like the idea of some, like, exec behind the scenes. Like, let's get Dave Mustaine. Like, we gotta make this more interesting. But, um, but it was interesting. Yeah. And I also feel like, I feel like a part like that might have been sort of confusing, just because I feel like they didn't explain it going in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... That part is very... For years, Megadeth and Metallica had a rivalry um, for obvious reasons. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but, like, it extended with, like, fans, where fans were, like, Megadeth versus Metallica, and it's recently uh, finished. But Dave Mustaine would always say, oh, yeah, they cut out the part of that documentary where Lars walked out of the room crying. Which... Maybe he did. It was a pretty good emotional conversation. I thought that, like... I believe it. Yeah, I felt like what Dave Mustaine was saying, where he's like, you know, I never got to talk to you guys ever again without you being that guy in Metallica. So. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah. I, well, if, he did, if that did happen, I wonder why they cut it out. Yeah. I feel like that would be the kind of thing they would love. That that was where they drew the line. Yeah. Lars can't cry. This is too real. This is too personal. But yeah. I wish they had talked more on the whole Napster thing. 
that seems like that part was funny because it, they kind of just brushed over it very fast. But I that was one of the few things that I was aware of, yeah. at least sort of. Like, I remember people being mad about Metallica suing Napster, but I wasn't, like, you know, paying attention at the time right. because <laughs> it was long ago. Yeah. But it, I was I was aware of it somewhat. Well, it ended up just being one of those things where, like, Metallica were so wrong. <laughs> yeah, it... <laughs> just because... <laughs> oh, God. It's so, like, dumb and such a pointless... Battle. Uh... Yeah, and I could see that be like I could see them being like, "All right, you have to address the Napster thing," and they're like, "Fine, like, who cares? Whatever." And they and they kind of are like, "Here's what happened with Napster." And they were and like, "We stand by it." <laughs> yeah, Fuck you guys. Did you ever see the South Park episode about that? I feel like I did. It's like it's from like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. It's like they start a band. Cartman starts a Christian band, but uh, the rest of the guys are like, we don't want to start a band just because people are going to just steal our music. And like, Oh, I do remember that. The guy takes him around and he's like, oh, Puff Daddy wants to buy his son an island in the Caribbean for his birthday. And Mm -hmm. then he goes, and then they're like, is he going to get it? And he's like, no, I see a boy with no island. I, I do remember very, that episode. Very funny, very good. And I, I remember um, uh, Weird Al Yankovic had, like, a song called Don't Download This Song, and it was, <laughs> and it was like, making fun of artists who get mad about people ripping their music. Yeah. Um, and it's a very good song, and I think <laughs> it's, like, one of the rare Weird Al songs that isn't a parody. Yeah, it's um, a full original Yes. He just got off tour playing those. I love him. (laughs) I stand weird out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, what was I going to say? Napster? Napster. I don't know. I... uh, I forget. Shit. Shit, Mm. I had a thought. But I don't know. Um, back. Yeah. Did you have any standout moments in this? Um, I don't know. I mean, there weren't a lot of, like, big moments. Like, this was a very subdued film. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, the things that happened, happens. it was mostly dialogue. Yeah. Um... So I wouldn't say there were any specific standout moments, but, like, I liked how self-aware they were in general, like, when they were, like, when they were talking about themselves, and, um, I don't remember who, but someone was talking about, like, alcoholism, and, like, was being very, like, candid, and, but without being, like, you know, obnoxious. Yeah. Um, I thought, I, I mean, it wasn't, like, a moment, but, like, just the whole vibe was very, very good. <laughs> yeah. It was, it sort of, when I was watching, I kind of got flashbacks to the Lady Gaga documentary. Oh, uh, yeah. Except where I was a little bit more engaged in this just because 
I just feel like the Lady Gaga documentary was just like, yay me. <laughs> I played. The well, super- I guess. It I guess to-, to be fair, it's one person versus a band. Yeah. But but yes, I I understand. Yeah. Um, Had you seen this before, like long ago? I. Like, I when it came out. Not when it came out, because that was a long time ago, I but... I don't think I ever watched the whole thing. I think... Back when I used to... Back when MTV Classic was VH1 Classic. Oh, um, man. I definitely watched... I definitely had put it on thinking it was a concert movie. And then I just got sad, so then I would put on <laughs> something else. Yeah, what a what a letdown. You think it's a concert movie, but it's literally the band in therapy talking about their feelings. Yeah, because... Well, half struggle. At, like, 13, you don't want to see that. You want to see oh. Metallica rip it. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> That's what you're expecting. Yeah, and then it's it's just emotional. As an adult, I appreciate it a lot more, and I'm like, oh... I can't is... imagine any 13-year-old being super into this oh, documentary. No. Uh, Metallica fan or not, but I know I, one I, kid that was like a super Metallica fan who probably watched it at like 13, 14. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure those people exist, but um, my attention span probably wouldn't okay. have been into this at uh, that age. Um, did you, I guess this would have been an additional thing, but did you happen to go on YouTube? and watch the clips from that MTV Icon concert that they did in it. It's... uh, Those I had seen clips of, but I'd forgotten, because I just went on YouTube after watching that scene, and I was like, oh, let me check this out. And the lineup kind of makes sense, but it's also really weird. What... Oh, what was the... I think it was Corn and Limp Biscuit who don't really jive with the style, but I mean, I guess those no. were the two biggest metal bands at the time then, because Linkin Park was still getting their start. Um, but then it was also Avril Lavigne. Corn and Avril Lavigne yeah. um, in the same room really like dates this yeah. this event. <laughs> Well, Avril Lavigne just put out a new song today, or what? yesterday. I feel like a lot of people forgot about her. It's, I forgot about her for a while. It's, uh, not good. Well, it's like <laughs> what can you do? It sounded like, uh, Kesha's praying if you took out all the feeling. Kesha's praying is a good song, it I think. Is. I love it, but... So, it's like that, but worse? It's like, it's like if you took that song, but then took out everything that makes that song good. Mm. And then you're just like, oh, this is Avril Lavigne doing this. Well, there's still that theory that Avril Lavigne's been, like, replaced by a lookalike maybe that's after, all over the internet. Maybe it was after this show. Um, yeah. I'm actually scrolling through on YouTube, and there were more. Some 41 did a medley, which I guess kind of makes sense. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, but Snoop Dogg did a song. What? 
What was this lineup? I don't know. I mean, this is this. I, I mean, actually, I take it back. That makes sense. This was all like very much that year. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Like I, uh, everything I mean, makes Snoop sense. Snoop Dogg is ageless. Don't get me wrong. He's gonna live forever. <laughs> well, I guess the Snoop Dogg now is the one that makes me scratch my head the most, just because I'm like, why did you do this? <laughs> you didn't need to. Maybe he did that. Maybe. Well, then he was different. Yeah. I guess. He also doesn't have to do Comedy Central roasts, but I feel like he enjoys those. He he does Comedy Central roast because he doesn't need to do anything. He just he just kind of exists. He can do whatever he wants. That's why he has that show with Martha uh, Martha Stewart. Yeah, because it's like fun. Like his existence is kind of a goof. So yeah, we'll put him on a show with Martha Stewart. He he doesn't need the money. It's just for fun. Yeah. Um. God, I love Snoop Dogg. Me too. Um. I don't know if there's a whole lot else to say. About this documentary? About this documentary. Yeah, I mean, other than how, like, pleasantly surprised I was, I guess. Yeah. Um, as someone who knows literally nothing about any of this. <laughs> at all. Yeah. I was surprised that... I was surprised that I didn't want to turn it off like I did when I was 13. Um, well... And it's well, and, times have changed. And I'd argue now that it's more satisfying than a concert movie. Satisfying, like with a D. Satisfying. Oh. oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna. That that will be the name of my first comedy album. Satisfying. Satisfying. And it's in all caps, the first three letters, exactly. so people like get it, because you don't. Want to, you don't want that joke to slip through people's exactly. hands because it's too good. Or you make it subtle, then I'm like Bo Burnham. Yeah, and then they notice. And then the real heads get it. Yeah, the real fan. Now, then you'll know who your real fans are. Exactly. All right, I'm gonna hit. Uh,